Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. It's your favorite data nerds back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy, and there sure is a lot to know. Uh, My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Chief Economist here at the California Association of Realtors, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Oscar Way, our Deputy Chief Economist. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan, and hi, everyone. Good to be here and good to be able to share some good information with you about the housing market and the economy. And this will probably be our last podcast of the year. And and so it'll kind of be a year in review where we're at, where we think we're going. And I think we got to talk, obviously, about the housing market. We just put out numbers for November. So we have a pretty good sense of where we're going to be for the year as a whole. And then, of course, we've got to take that all into context. And the Fed funds rate just went up after the latest uh open market committee meeting. And so we've got the implications of that, what it means for inflation, for consumers, and obviously how this all folds into uh, where we see mortgage rates going forward. And so a lot to talk about. And of course, this is uh, the right time to do it as folks are planning for next year and trying to get their ducks in a row for their own business. And, And so I think it makes sense probably to just start with the market data, right? Because um, it was it was hard to find the silver linings in the November in the <laughs> November numbers, right? You're right. You know, let's start with the housing market data. We did have a really bad month in November, uh, following a uh, pretty significant drop in October. I mean, there's no sugarcoating uh, as far as sales are concerned. You know, we did drop. Up quite significantly, close to fifty percent for sales compared to the previous year. In fact, you know the November sales number actually dropped to probably the lowest that we have had since uh, October two thousand seven. And remember, that was when we had you know the great uh, recessions and the market collapse. Um, even you know for the you know accounting for the pandemic, the pandemic you know was a one month drop right. and it bounced back up. But even when you look at the uh, pandemic uh, shutdown, it was not as low as you know what we experienced in uh, November uh, this past month. And of course, it has a lot to do with the fact that you know we have interest rate uh, searching you know above six fifty at one point actually you know for people who were opening ASCO in October, which closed in November, you know they experienced maybe interest rate thirty year fixed rate hitting maybe seven maybe seven to five at some point. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of people who were reluctant to close. And that cost, you know, sales to drop below three hundred thousand uh, seasonally adjusted, adjusted annualized for the second consecutive month, yeah. and um, you know, it applied to all price segments. It's not just the affordable price segments. Remember, Jordan, yeah. you know, we used to say what six months ago, nine months ago, we used to say, well, the high end market, we're still doing very mm-hmm. well, but uh, you know, in the last two three months or so, things have been slipping, and uh, we have been uh, you know challenged by housing affordability challenged by maybe uh, supply constraint, and of course, concern about, you know, whether where the market is going. Right. Yeah. And there's that kind of psychological scar tissue, I think, left over from last time where people don't want to be the last ones into the market right before prices drop mm-hmm. precipitously um, and all of that stuff. Part of the 50% decline was that this time last year, 
we had like an unseasonably strong right. uh, winter because that's when rates were really falling down to those all-time low levels that we really started um, the year with in 2022. But like you said, the the actual level of home sales in and of themselves is also at a at a kind of 15 year low. And and up to this point, it's funny we've had to kind of. Um, caveat the low sales numbers and say outside of the pandemic. And as you mentioned, this is the first time we haven't had to make that, um, <laughs> you know, caveat because it's just flat out the lowest we've seen since, since 2007. We think probably it might get a little worse too before it gets better, right? The numbers are probably yeah. getting close to bottom, but we still have a ways to go when you look at the pending numbers, because I think those were also down significantly um, in November, which suggests at least December and January will still be fairly light. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, uh, this time of the year, you know, December, usually we have low sales, but, you know, if you look at the pending sales, you know, it did drop, it got cut in half, you know, right. uh, and, you know, when we take everything in con into consideration, you know, I think we are still going to be, you know, a little bit uh, sluggish uh, in December, um, maybe in January or so, you know, as yeah. we start off at the beginning of the year, uh, but uh, it seems like, you know, uh, the sales demand, the low sales demand is finally, you know, maybe making a little bit of a dent in the median price as well. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the first time that we've seen that, right? Sales have been cooling for a while. We've seen this coming from miles away, unfortunately, mm -hmm. just because the market is becoming less competitive and we've seen folks, you know, um, close over list price less frequently that homes were taking longer to sell. And so this is something that, you know, the, the supply and demand as it rebalances, we saw it on the demand side and now it is factoring into prices. It was still a fairly small decline. We're talking about a median price that's down just 0.6% on a year to year um, basis. But I do think it's, it's kind of indicative of this cooling of, of the market, right? Because on a on a kind of month to month basis, we've seen sales prices coming down pretty consistently since they peaked right. over nine hundred thousand earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, when we compare it to the to peak, uh, we were probably down about you know twelve thirteen percent. In fact, you know, I think on a month to month basis, as you said, you know, we have been dropping by uh, two to three percent for third consecutive months. Um, that's typically not the normal case. I think typically from October to November, we see maybe a slight adjustment of like a 0 0.1, 0.2%. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely bigger and this has definitely has something to do with, you know, interest rate being a little high, uh, cost of borrowing being a little high. And we mentioned it before, you know, if someone were to buy the same home, same median price home now compared to a year ago, they might have to pay maybe about a thousand, a thousand five hundred more every single month. And that's same not price easy. Home, and that's same price home. Rate. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that that makes it a little difficult. And and of course, at the same time, we mentioned this also in the past that, you know, mix of sales change could have, you know, sl uh, some impact on right. the median price because uh, we are seeing uh, some steeper drop in sales uh, in the million dollar uh, price segments. And that actually could pull down sales slightly, uh, median price slightly uh, right. in the past couple months. Yeah, and just for the non-technical folks out there, a median price is the kind of middle close price. So we like lay all the sales out, you know, from lowest price to highest price, and the median is the one right there in the middle. And so just purely by virtue of the fact that um, 
you know, homes in the one, two, three, five million dollar and up category aren't doubling anymore, um, kind of artificially um, deflates the price or or makes it look as though price growth is worse than it really is. In fact, I think when you look at it on a per square foot basis outside of the Bay Area, at least, which and the Bay Area has been kind of in the negative year to year price growth category longer than other parts of the state. But outside of the Bay Area, the per square foot um, declines are, are about half of what the overall median is. And I think that's mm. a kind of good rule of thumb when we're looking at median prices going forward, because I do think that we'll probably see ongoing softness in price, right? We have a negative um, or a decline in, in median price built into our forecast for 2023. And right. so we probably will continue to see that weakness. But I do think it's important to keep in mind that part of that, you know, in the same way that I think all of those $10 million homes really inflated price growth on the way up, right? When we were seeing prices grow by 30, 45% on a year to year basis, that wasn't necessarily that each individual home was appreciating by 45%, but, but also a function of all of those, you know, all that growth right. at the top end. And so again, in the same way, um, when we're unwinding all of that spectacular growth at the top end of the market, it's going to depress the price and and so yes we do think that you know this rebalancing of supply and demand really will affect values but it's probably being a little bit overstated um, by the median price because of the sales mix issue that's very very true and you know i want to reiterate and as you said jordan that you know we will probably continue to see some slowdown um mm -hmm. and especially since you know we're moving into let's say december january and february those are the months that we typically see you know lower median price lower price appreciation True. part and of so, this uh, is seasonal yeah right part of it is seasonal so as we move into you know the next uh, 2023 you'll probably will see some slowdown and at the same time we have emphasized this before um if not because of supply constraint, we could possibly see, you know, a bigger drop in price. But because of supply constraint, we are actually seeing, you know, we, we have some, you know, uh, some uh, leverage sort of. Right. So supply side, you know, if you look at the housing supply, if you just look at unsold inventory, you might be thinking, well, you know, we are seeing significant increase in supply because unsold inventory doubled from right. 1.6 months to 3.3 but remember, 3.3 .3 is still actually very tight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. of course, it's not as tight as a year ago. And if you look at, you know, the inventory has gone up by 80%. Now, that's a significant number. Yeah. But keep in mind, we also have, you know, quite a bit of drop in demand. So I think the pullback in demand is the real reason why we're seeing inventory increased in the past couple months. Because yeah. if you look at new active listings, it didn't really increase sure. that much, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, part of it, too, is just that we were essentially at an all-time low level of homes for sale uh, last year, right? So mm -hmm. there was just nothing available for sale. And so, again, it's kind of that, you know, law of low numbers, I guess, where you have a dollar and you get another dollar and that's a 80 90% increase, right? But, right, but right, we're right. still at a very low level of active listings. And I think your point is very well taken is that the reason why actives are up isn't because sellers are running for the exits or we see, um, you know, homeowners want to kind of cash in and dump these properties while the getting is good. And, and, you know, it's not just that we're putting fewer 
active listings onto the MLS today, they're actually down by double digits, right. Right? down by almost 20%. And again, we're, you know, we were putting basically an all-time low level of listings onto the market last year, and that's actually gotten worse. And so it's just really that we're not selling uh, homes as quickly. And so we're taking more of the actives from last month into this month, and that's kind of inflating the total available homes for sale, but we're not seeing a lot of folks really kind of running away from these properties in anticipation of big price declines. And in fact, I think, you know, inventory is going to be an ongoing challenge because yeah. so many people are sitting in these very low rates. It's kind of hard to be motivated to want to give up that sweetheart mortgage. Um, you know, even if you do want to move and your house doesn't work for you anymore, um, financially, it's it's a big sacrifice to make to to move into a, a new mortgage at even six percent, which is where you know mortgage rates almost are today as we as we we record this. But if you're in a three percent, you know you're taking a big financial hit, and so I think that's going to continue to depress the number of of homes that get listed, and that will probably be the thing that. Um, prevents us from seeing really precipitous price declines like we saw last time when we still just have a, a single digit price decline forecast for next year, mm-hmm. mostly because supply is still going to be um, very, very tight by, excuse me, by historical historical standards. But I think that also means for for realtors that we're probably not going to be able to um, generate much growth in terms of transactions and why we still have a fairly... Um, light year for sales i guess yeah and 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 you know and in addition to you know the people not giving up their uh, low mortgage rates uh, of course uh, if you're relying on developers and builders well good luck cuz uh, they're probably not going to be building a lot of single family home next year because of their concern about the market i mean yeah. some of them may be building multifamily apartments or so but if you're thinking that we will have a significant increase of you know uh, active listings from uh, builders, developers, I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, we were. I was talking to a broker friend of mine the other day, and he asked why I wasn't presenting the charts on new permits. And I was like, the numbers are depressing enough just on the market <laughs> data. I was like, I really don't want to upset anybody too bad. But the, you know, with the severe lack of new construction is like, you know, as bad as it's ever been in the last decade uh, this year. And so it's just challenging. You know, it's funny because. When you look at the the folks who are very short run focused, you know, they're very pessimistic and builders and the stock market and things mm-hmm. like that. But when you look at folks who are focused on the long term, you saw people buying second and vacation homes. We saw in our annual housing market survey, the number of investors who are buying right. to hold those properties over the long term and rent them out. Um are actually coming back into the market, right? And and that's been numbers that have been rising. So it's just this interesting dichotomy. You know, the folks who are focused on those long-run fundamentals with California still having way too many people and good prospects for economic growth in the future, um, they want to buy more property. It's the folks who are worried about what's going to happen in the next year or two that are really kind of kind of tightening up. And I think part of that um, is is got to be, chalked up to this kind of fed war on inflation right because we saw right. they met last week and and you know even with um inflation coming down they're still raising rates by 50 basis points that was less of a surprise i think everybody in the world probably expected a 50 basis right. point increase the thing to me that's got me scratching my head is the reaction to the new dot plot right because it's not just that they raised 
50 basis points, they actually seem more pessimistic about where they're going to take rates today than they did even back in September when inflation was running um, much hotter. So what's going on there? Well, I think what they had, what had happened was, you know, of course, well, the last time that we look at a dot plot, the uh, federal uh, uh, open market uh, dot plot, it suggested, you know, most of the uh, participants of the FOMC meeting believe that the uh, expectation for the set at the end of the year is going to be okay. We're going to end the year with a target range of you know below four percent or so, yeah. like three point seven five. But if you look at the recent, the latest dot plot, which again shows you the expectation of what the Federal Reserve had on what the year-end number is, it clearly shows that we are seeing some increase in yeah. the uh, the Fed funds rate, which means they are probably going to continue to be, you know, uh, um, assertive on uh, increasing interest rate. In fact, I think their year-end number for 2023 now has increased to 5.25, which means the Fed funds rate will be will end at 5.25. And that means, you know, for 30-year fixed rate, we're most likely looking at somewhere around what? Um, 7%, you know, maybe I mean, a little higher than that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what, you know, economic theory and, you know, the kind of time value of money and just opportunity cost of investing would suggest. But, you know, yeah, it's it's you know, they they think we are going to end this year closer to four and a half percent and closer to four. And and, you know, next year have it going up to five point two five. That means we're going to see more, you know. Fed funds rate increases at mm -hmm. least another 50 or 75 basis points, however, that's carved out between February and April, um, you know, when they meet and all of that stuff, but it means rates are still going up. And so I just, you know, it's got me scratching my head a little bit on where 10 years are because we're already in a Fed funds rate um, target range of, you know, 425 to 450 basis points. And last I checked, we had a 10 year treasury that was at 330 basis points. Mm -hmm. And so we're more inverted now than we've been in a very um, long time. And I just, you know, it, it, I think it's, that's great news for home buyers who are in the hunt, right. And trying to put in offers and can go in and do one of these rate locks if they can at, you know, while rates are still closer to six, but I, I just, you know, it's hard to envision a scenario where we have a 5.25 um, fed funds rate uh -huh. and a, and a 5% or a five and a half, even 30 year fixed rate mortgage. I mean, there's gotta be some, um, spread built in on top of that. And in fact, when you look out, you know, even to 2024 and 2025, I mean, you know, they're, they're still looking at Fed funds rates in the kind of 4% range for 2024 and even 3.5% um, beyond that in 25. So I just think, you know, it's, it's maybe the market's getting a little bit ahead of itself, but I do think it's also kind of indicative of the likelihood of recession, right? That they're just really struggling um, to build up appetite for those short-term treasuries, right? That just folks are True. worried about the short run um, of, of the economy. But, you know, the flip side of that is even, you know, regardless of whether they're getting it right or getting it wrong, the reality is that you, we have fallen from, you know, 725 basis points for, for a mortgage down to close to 6%. And that is um, big for, for savings in terms of potential home buyers.
Yeah, I mean, we ha we have had, you know, volatility in the 30-year fixed rate. You know, everyone is trying to guess, you know, what the inflation is like, what the Fed is going to do. And so we had uh, scenarios before that we dropped, you know, to six. And then, of course, you know, a couple of weeks later, go back, uh, they go back up. Now, um, you have, uh, and you and I had this discussion before, we do believe that, you know, there's a chance that we will probably see a higher interest rates, you know, in the upcoming year, maybe in a month or two months or so, because we still have the inflationary issue. Now, sure. if you look at inflation right now, of course, uh, it does seem like, you know, they're, they're timing down a little bit, but we're still yeah. looking at what, 7%. You know, it did drop from a 7.7% in October to 7.1%, yep. but uh, we're definitely not out of the wood yet. Yeah, and and that's where where I think you know it becomes more nuanced because on the one hand I do think we're past peak inflation, right? We were running nine percent, excuse me, earlier this uh -huh. year, as you mentioned, almost eight percent in October, now just seven percent in November. But we say just seven percent. That's still way above the the Fed target, and and when you look at the kind of sources of inflation, we still have you know a 6% rate. So we're still a long way off from that kind of two, two and a half percent target range. And I think we probably will continue to move in the right direction on inflation, right? But it, again, it's just going to take us a while before we get to, to a range where I think the Fed will feel comfortable, you know, not just not raising rates, but lowering rates, right? I think the first Fed rate cuts are probably um, still a ways off. And I think even second half of next year is optimistic, like they might stop raising, but how quickly are they really going to start uh, cutting? I guess it depends on how steep the consumer pullback will be. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, uh, we haven't been reporting a lot of those um, service sectors and other stuff, but we know that labor market, for example, you know, yes, we are seeing, you know, uh, fewer people getting hired, maybe, you know, fewer yeah. job openings, but they're still at a pretty high level. Uh, last I saw, unemployment rate was still below 4%. So it's yeah. still very, very tight. And um, as far as the uh, uh, shelter costs, you know, yeah. whether it be purchase uh, properties or rental properties, we're still seeing, for example, rental uh, average rent up by eight or nine percent. Now it's, yeah. it has come down. There's no doubt about it. But you know, seven or eight percent is still a high increase compared to, you know, some of the other what we have seen before. So I think we are seeing some easing in inflation, uh, yeah. but uh, it's not like we're all of a sudden dropping back to two percent. I mean, there's still sure. a long way to go. Yeah, exactly. And some of the supply chain stuff has gone away, right? We're getting folks, you know, the factories are switched back on. We're shipping goods out to Costco and getting cars on car lots where we weren't able to do that last mm -hmm. year. But, you know, like you said, the the labor market shortage, although, you know, there's not as much upward pressure, but the, that has resulted in a lot of wage growth. And of course, housing costs haven't gone anywhere. And, and it's funny, somebody, a reporter asked me the other day whether I thought, you know, how much did I think rents were going to go down? Um, and, and, you know, I think that the challenge is that there's both the kind of business cycle aspect to rents, right, where the economy goes up and down, but you also have the rate issue that maybe a lot of potential would-be home buyers are going to be renting now and vacancy right. is still very, very low, particularly uh, in in California. And so I'm, I'm not convinced. And actually, excuse me, when you look at the investor activity, that kind of backs that up because people are still buying rental properties, especially uh, in in California. What's the biggest macro risk out there? I think for me, it's the consumer, right? We've said this right. 
for a while because you know 95 or so percent of the growth that we've had up to this point if you look at it from a real gdp standpoint has come from consumption and and when you look at the retail sales numbers they actually um, are i guess still doing okay in nominal terms but once you inflation adjust things it you know you get a much softer picture of what economic growth is going to look like next year yeah, I mean, in nominal term, you know, when we don't look at, let's say, inflation, you know, we're seeing, oh, look, at, look, you know, on a year over year basis, we're still, uh, we're up six and a half percent. But if you look at the month to month basis, even with nominal term, it started showing, you know, some weakness, you know, it's down 0.6%. Yeah. But if you take into account inflation, then we definitely are slowing a little bit. Now, not significant, like one, two or 3% decline on a year-over-year basis, but we're seeing a 0.5% decline right. on a year-over-year basis when you look at, when you take into account inflation. And if you look at, you know, the, you know, some of the things uh, that, that we have been looking at, for example, good spending, you know, the yep. retail sales reflect mostly good spending. You know, they have definitely subsided. You know, we are seeing, you mentioned uh, earlier, um, gas prices, for example, have come right. down. That probably has some impact on your know, overall sales. Um, things like big ticket items, you yeah. know, uh, for you know, uh, furnitures for cars for appliances. Those required, and that's not a surprise. A lot of times we don't pay it all everything out front, right? We usually finance those big big ticketed items, yeah. and of course, with interest rate at what four or five or six percent, obviously that might have affected sales off for those big ticket items as well. Yeah, and, and and let's not forget some of this is to be expected, right? Because we front loaded a lot of those big ticket items back when mm -hmm. rates were super low. I mean, during the pandemic, that and that's one of the sources of inflation that we've had to this point, right? Was that everybody rushed out and took their stimulus checks <laughs> and super low interest rates and we all bought new cars and got that new um, you know, appliance or whatever for the house and and remodeled and all of that stuff because we were stuck in our homes and and all of that stuff. And so, you know, again, part of that is just that, you know, a lot of the spending that would have naturally occurred, you know, over mm -hmm. a broader time span as folks just went out through the natural course was kind of spurred into action and we went out and bought uh, all of that stuff. And and same thing with the Christmas or holiday shopping season, right? Is that people might have, you know, gone out and done a lot of that stuff earlier um, this, right. this year and, and that could be impacting the numbers. Yeah, I think, you know, in the past, you know, in the two, three years ago, we still have, you know, Black Friday on supposedly Black Friday. But now yeah. it's like uh, starting in September, October. And so a lot of sales got pulled forward. And I think I saw some news earlier today saying that holiday sales is uh, seems like a little sluggish. And I believe that probably is going to be the case compared to, you know, prior years. Um, and yeah. Some of those pulling sales forward has to do with, you know, the people drawing their saving down. I think, you know, saving has come down a little bit compared yeah. to, you know, two years ago. I mean, last year, we probably still have some stimulus uh, program. I can't remember because there were a few. This year, maybe not as much. 
Yeah, or at least there was still some of those free checks still kicking around out there uh, in in the system to be to be spent. And I think you know now part of that is is coming down. We also have seen um, just a, a modest uptick in unemployment insurance claims too. So right, even though right. it's still very tight uh, and those numbers are still very low, you know there has been some high profile layoffs too and and all of that stuff. And so you know it's still pretty much consistent with our forecast for next year. As Oscar mentioned, we're only looking at a about a 0.6% decline or so in mm-hmm. in real terms. And that's what our forecast for GDP is. But, you know, there's, uh, you know, it does suggest at least that that momentum is is kind of dwindling and, and that we just won't be able to expect that same kind of explosive growth or, or at least consistent growth that we've experienced up to this point in time. Yeah. I mean, uh, one bright note, of course, you know, when we look at all these good spending has come down, I think we probably have a, a bit more people going out, you know, to restaurants, to uh, food and drinking places, because, you know, people are people are, are more likely to go out now compared to a year ago. So we might actually see see those uh, places continue to uh, to get crowded at the same time. At right. the same time, you know, like what we said before, we are, because those places are going to increase in capacity, that means, you know, labor, um, the labor requirement there, are people who work there, you know, will need to continue to uh, maintain its uh, supply. And unfortunately, right. we have tight supply in the labor service in the service sectors. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's keeping inflation from going down very fast. Right. And I think, you know, this is all just kind of part of the normalization process. Supply and demand will eventually work. And some of these folks, and I think especially when you look at the credit card debt and the savings accounts running low and all of that stuff that eventually you know, at least the younger folks will will start to get back to work and and relieve some of that inflationary pressure in the in the service sector. But the other part is, you know, and why we think inflation is going to be kind of stubbornly um, slow to normalize back to two percent is we had a lot of early retirements and a big part right. of it participation rate decline has come from folks in the 55 and over category. And that's just stuff that's hard to solve with Fed policy, right? If you retired early and cashed in a bunch of home equity and went and moved close to your grandkids or whatever, (laughs) um, a higher interest rate from the Fed isn't going to really motivate you to get back to work. And so some of this will be more (laughs) consistent, um, you know, just in terms of, and again, why I think we're, we're not, overly pessimistic we think that we're past peak inflation and that the numbers will move in the right direction we just don't see them shooting back to two percent in the first quarter of the year so that the fed can start cutting rates and so i think on the one hand we're probably most of the way there and i think even this you know the the dismal sales numbers and the negatives on pending and all of that stuff will start to get um, towards bottom. But I think, you know, we're going to need to really be there for consumers to help cut through the noise, think about the long-term benefits and all of that stuff, because, you know, there's still a lot of negativity in the headlines and just a lot of fear about what's going to happen with home prices and all of that stuff. And so, you know, the key I think is, is for our members to stay on top of the information, both the economics of, of just the business cycle stuff and also, you know, being right on top of what's happening in the housing market, because, uh, again, it's it's a much different kind of environment than we were in even six or nine, nine months ago. And, and I think that means that the, the buyers and sellers really need us, um, but it means the buyers and sellers really need us. And so we need to step up our game and really kind of uh, embrace that role as trusted advisor. And to me, that's the recipe for success for how to get through this next 12 to 18 months. 
Absolutely. And I absolutely agree with you, Jordan. And that's more uh, reason to listen to us and yeah, to check exactly. out our website. <laughs> Perfect segue into the uh, marketing segment, which is, you know, just keep listening here. And, and we continue to post great reports all the way down to the very localized level. And I find that this is an environment where the data can really be um, your friend, right? To have those conversations Absolutely. with sellers about how the market has changed, to have those conversations with buyers about the implications of waiting for rates to go back up to 7% about the long-term benefits of home ownership. Uh, and so check out car.org if you click on that industry 360 um, section at the top of our, our homepage there. You have access to all kinds of really good stuff that Oscar and the team put out on a regular basis to help you be that trusted advisor. And so um, we hope that helps. We will be putting out more podcasts as we get mm -hmm. into the new year, but um, the research team is going to take some much needed time off to, <laughs> to keep an eye on the numbers, but uh, also spend some time with the family. And so we hope you all get a chance to do the same. We've so appreciated our listenership and seeing that all grow and uh, have been proud to, to be able to give you some good information and hope that we can keep that going in 2023. Did we leave off anything major that we should tell them before we all go away on break, Oscar? I think we covered everything. You know, one more thing to uh, to let you guys know that we always uh, release like a market minutes uh, on a regular basis. So that's another alternative uh, in addition to, you know, the market podcast. Um, that's the market minutes that you can keep yourself up with you know, the latest news from us, you know, from, you know, what we observed from the economy. So definitely tap into, you know, all the resources that we have. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, it will be a, uh, it will not be an easy 2023, but if you keep up with us, uh, you know, we will always keep you informed and we can all guess through it, get through it uh, uh, together. Yeah. And there's opportunities in every market. You know, some folks do uh, really well in up markets. Some folks thrive in down markets. And again, I think there's a real role for our members in this kind of environment. It's just all about kind of um, really being that trusted resource for, mm -hmm. for the clients out there. And so um, we will continue to be a resource for you. And we hope you have a great holiday season. We'll see you again in 2023. Happy holidays.